The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency in Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I am so excited because today's episode is a solo episode. I know I've had a lot of very exciting guests on the podcast recently, but today we're just going to be answering some questions that I've gotten around marathon training, how to fit in rest days, how to motivate yourself, and all that good jazz. So just sit back and relax, and we'll just jump right into the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited to be recording this because I feel like I haven't done a solo episode in ages. So welcome back and I hope this episode finds you well. I hope that you are having a lovely day or lovely run, whatever you're doing when you're listening to this. And yeah, let's just get started with the highs and lows for the week. I feel really bad, side note, because Nicole, who I recently had on the podcast, really wanted to do highs and lows because she listened to some of my recent episodes where I share my highs and lows, but we unfortunately did not get to that. And if you haven't listened to that episode, you really should because it is a chaotic but very funny episode. But I definitely say my high for the week so far is just feeling really strong in my marathon training. I am on week 7 of 15 at marathon training for the Paris Marathon and I am getting to that point where the miles start to increase quite a bit and it kind of can feel a little bit nerve-wracking but for me it's been really good because I feel strong and like my body feels strong and I think that over time I've really just learned so much about the importance of nutrition and fuel and rest days and things like that and these are a lot of topics that some of the questions were asked around so I'm really excited to kind of share more on that in this episode but I think it's just a really good feeling to sort of feel like you're in a good place with your training no matter if you're training for a 5k a 10k a half marathon a full marathon it's just good to kind of feel like you kind of have you know it figured out so far and so it's been a really good training you know these past seven weeks and I'm hoping for you know knock on wood a strong eight weeks to come My low for the week is a bit of a downer, but, and I can't, I guess, really say much on it, and I don't really want to say much on it because it is quite a downer, but I am just having a lot of things from my past kind of spring back up, and it's been very anxiety-inducing, and I had a full-on panic attack yesterday. I will just be totally open and totally blunt with that, and it's a lot of PTSD if I'm being honest, and I'm not sure if I'll ever make an episode on it, but it's something that I've kind of been struggling with for, for the past year to kind of get over because of something that happened last year, and I think that therapy has been such a strong suit in sort of, I guess, my recovery from it and kind of just like growing from it and being able to move on from it but it's 
really kind of crappy when that sort of stuff kind of springs back and kind of comes back, you know, when you thought that it wasn't going to ever come back. And so it's just kind of been, it's kind of thrown you know, a little spinner in the works. And so we are taking it day by day, if I'm being honest. And I think it's just really about using things like running to really find that moment in your day for yourself. And so I think that that's why I've been enjoying marathon training so much because truly this week, it's kind of been like my outlet just to kind of get away from everything. But yeah, I'm without getting too down. in the episode. I'm just going to jump now into the questions. These are questions that I asked on the podcast Instagram as well as TikTok and I've kind of just collated them and they're kind of all around training, motivation, comparison and so I think they're really great questions and I'm really excited to answer them but if you ever want to ask any future questions go ahead and check the show notes of the episode and you will find all of the links for the podcast social media but otherwise I will just jump right into the questions. Questions. All right, so the first question asks how I've dealt with injuries while training. And to be honest, I've been really lucky, knock on wood, that I haven't dealt with too many injuries in my training. I've only been doing distance running for the past two or three years. And so I can't really speak too much to this, but I've definitely answered a question before around like illness. And I did experience a bit of a sort of pull if not a strain in my Achilles in my first sort of attempt at training for a marathon. But I think for me, injuries are all about kind of listening to your body and taking rest days when needed. And if you've like seriously injured something, obviously you need to take much more time off or however much time that your doctor tells you. But I think with things like strains or pulls in your muscles, it's really important to do things like ice that area, rest that area, rest your muscles, rest your body. There's also a lot to be said about refueling and just taking rest days. I think that for a long time, I really struggled to force myself to take rest days. And I kind of almost thought that I should be running like every day, which I'm so glad that I don't because I think I would just be so tired all the time. But I think it's so important to allow your body to rest as well so that you can prevent injury and kind of give your body that time to rebuild muscle and kind of rebuild itself up to prepare itself for the next week of training. The next question asks how I feel before and after halves and marathons. So this kind of is a two-sided question, but this is also, I just want to preface and say that this is completely unique to everyone. I think that some people need to feel more, some people feel less with running. I think it just depends on what works best for your body. Also a lot to be said about what sort of gels or foods your body can take while you're running. I went through a phase of just trial and error with a lot of different gels and gummies and chewies. There's a load of different things that you can eat while you're running. And I know that like people like my dad don't like the gummies because he doesn't want to be eating something and the gels upset his stomach. So you kind of have to get creative and figure out what works best for your body. But for me, I've always really, I've learned that I really like the goos by Gatorade and they're quite good. And I think for half marathons, I typically would probably just have one at the halfway point. Again, that's just me. And that's just because I've kind of figured out that that's what works for me and my body. Some people take a gel every three miles, every four miles. If it's anything like a marathon, I will definitely take a gel 
mile every four miles because I think that refueling is really important when you're going for a longer distance over a longer period of time. Hydration is also super important and kind of fits under that belt of nutrition. So with hydration, I think that for something like a half marathon, if it's a race, I'll typically just rely on the race day organizers to have water stations and that kind of is good enough for me water-wise to hydrate myself. If not, I have things and you can buy things like little water bottles, handheld water bottles that you can carry around your hand and you can sort of run with and it's not too much water, but it's there if you need it in that sort of way. With marathons, I highly recommend looking at hydration backpacks. I have one that I've used for both of my marathons and they've been really helpful and they kind of are the ones that you fill the bag up with water and you put it into the backpack and then there's a tube that kind of runs out of it and that's what you're drinking during your race. I know that there's other ones that kind of have two water balls that sit sort of on your shoulders. There's all different kinds of stuff, but I I think it kind of just depends on how you're going to be able to most easily maneuver your while you're running during a race and so it really is a lot of trial and error but for me half marathons I will just take one gel and rely on race day organizers for water and then for full marathons I will typically take I think six to eight gels just to kind of be safe and that's kind of my safe zone and then I will bring my hydration backpack as well. The next question asks, how do you fit in rest days during marathon training or general training cycles? So for me, I typically will take one to two days off during the week. At the moment, I'm only doing one rest day just because for some reason at the moment, I really like doing 5k Fridays and that's become a very random thing. But for example, in my last marathon training cycle, I was swimming on Fridays. So I think it really depends on what you kind of want to focus on. I think with training for the London Marathon, I was really focused on aerobics and sort of helping build up really strong breathing patterns. And I think for me, swimming really helped with that. I think it's so important to sort of mix up your workouts as well. So you can have like active recovery days where you're still doing some sort of form of active workout, but it's not too strenuous on your body and it's not too pushing on your body, I guess. I think it really depends on sort of what works best for you as well as what your actual day-to-day schedule looks like. I know that some people go to school, go to work. And so for me, I'm someone who likes to get it done in the morning, early in the morning before work. So I think it's also kind of trying to see how it fits into your schedule and how it's sort of fitting into your schedule so that you're not burnt out and you're not sort of like super tired during the day or you know the next day after a workout and making sure that your body is able to recover from the workout each time so it is a lot of trial and error but I think that rest days are super important as I said in the beginning just because it's so much it has so much to do with just like your training overall and I think when you think about training cycles, I think it's really important to know that training cycles, especially for marathon training, can go up to 16 or 18 weeks. And so I think it's important to take into account the fact that things like rest days are really important to allow your body to recover and prepare itself for the next week because with training cycles as well, you're only going to increase in mileage. So it's really important to know that you need to rest your body so that you can prepare itself for the next week. All right, this question asks, how do you mentally motivate yourself to keep running in long distances and not stop? So this is hard because I genuinely think that this depends on, I think that for 
like everyone's different with long distance running. And I think that long distance running in general takes some time to get into. But I think once you figure out what your niche is, so like if you really like music and you like to build a good playlist, I've shared my playlist before on some of my podcast episodes and I can link them in this episode as well. I have friends who listen to books, who listen to podcasts. And I think that it's either kind of about figuring out if you're someone who likes to have your headphones in and listening to that, or if you like to sort of, you know, look out to the views or if you're running along the water or something like that. I think it's about finding little things to sort of appreciate as well during your run. I think that if you're listening to things like music, I think that that's sort of how I personally motivate myself. I've always been someone who's into like really hardcore EDM music for some reason, but I've I've never been like a very hard raver, but I think for some reason with running, it just suits so well for me and the beat sort of just works really well with like how I run and the tempo and that sort of thing. But I think with motivation in general, I think for me, I get quite in my head sometimes and I think it's really easy to get in your head with longer runs. And I think it's you know, it's those moments where you really have to dig deep and kind of find that motivation. And if you've ever listened to David Goggins podcast, I think he did an um, interview once on a podcast where he talks about the cookie jar and digging to the bottom of the cookie jar. And I really found myself digging to the bottom of the cookie jar when I was doing his challenge, the four by four by 48 challenge, which I will be doing again this year. But I think it's in moments like that where you truly, you know, you're you're digging for scraps. And I think it's in moments like that where you realize that you are your only cheerleader. And I've spoken about this before on the podcast, but I think that distance running has taught me so much about how much you have to rely on yourself. And even if you're doing some big city marathon and you have so many people cheering you on the sidelines, no one's going to motivate you like you can motivate yourself. So I think it's really being able to dig deep and find that thing that motivates you and being able to use that when you need it on those long runs. All right, next question. How do you stay motivated to get up early to run? I just can't get up early enough. So I think that Yeah, I get a lot of questions about how I get myself up early. And during the summer, I get up even earlier. During the winter, I found that I do still sort of wake up around the 630 mark, but I take about an hour to get out of the door just because I don't like to run in the dark so much. And so in the summer, I'll be out the door at like 6am just because I don't know. I think it's something that I've definitely built up over time. I used to not be a morning person at all. And I think watching videos and listening to those to like podcasts with like tips around like how to become a morning person is a really great way to start and just like taking really small steps. Like I think that I've heard somewhere if you just set your alarm 15 minutes earlier, you know, week by week, you kind of do it, you know, one by one. And then I think over time, you wake up just a little bit earlier every week each time. But I think it's something that if you're not a morning person, it's a habit that you have to get into. But once you're once you've built that habit, it's something that you just crave. And it sounds really weird. But whenever I wake up in the morning, as much as I do love the warm bed that I'm in, I just think about that feeling of being out and running and just the adrenaline high that you get and the feeling of just feeling like, you know, you're running and you've got like, you know, good workout, good music and just like incredible views and just being able to find the gratitude in that as well. So yeah, like I said, I think it's definitely something that you build up over time. So definitely be 
easy on yourself and don't take it too hard, but work on it little by little. And I think that you can definitely build up that habit over time. Last question is just around comparison. And this person literally just put comparison, but I think that this is something that is that you can kind of apply to a lot of different things. And especially in running, I think that I spoke a lot about this with Jocelyn and Nicole in previous podcast episodes. And I think that as a runner, it's really easy to compare yourself, even when you're out on your actual run and you just see other runners. Like there was a couple weekends ago that I came home and was telling Jack about some girl that I saw out running and she was wearing like a crop top and she was wearing and she was just out running and she had like these abs that were just like popping and I was like wearing all these coats and I was so cold and I was so sweaty and I was so tired and I was about halfway into my long run and it was a weekend long run in those moments to sort of look at people like that and compare yourself to them and think like oh if only I could run like that if only I looked like her or ran like her and I think it's really easy to sort of get in your head but I think it's it's being able to sort of take a step back and look at your running journey and know that that is so unique to you and not comparing things like your pace or your times or your race times or anything to anyone else the amount of medals that you have the amount of races that you've run it's going to be so different when you compare yourself to other people. And I think it's really important to know that people start from different places. People give up and then they pick it back up again. So I think comparison is really easy to kind of fall into. And like everyone says, comparison is a trap. And it's some quote about it being a trap that I can't remember. But I think it's just important to remember that you are unique to your own running experience and your own running journey. So I think trying not to get in your head about it and trying to stay focused on your own running journey and your own sort of training that you're focused on where you're at and being able to take it day by day and just knowing that you're sort of building towards that goal over time and knowing that running is this you know long journey that you can take over the course of a lifetime and just knowing that like you can build towards like so many goals over the course of a lifetime so I think it's it is really easy to get your in your head and compare yourself to other people especially online but I'd say just try not to and just try to kind of stay focused and stay in your own lane. All right, the last question is a very niche question, but it's how to stop or help with pins and needles in your toes with new running shoes. I've definitely felt this before and it may seem like a weird question, but I think it's really important to assess how your feet are feeling those first few runs in your new running shoes. I think it's normal to kind of feel some pins and needles in your first run for a little bit, but if you're consistently feeling them and if you're consistently feeling pain, I definitely say that it may be time to kind of go for a different shoe, to try a different shoe. I know that loads of running brands are really good about return policies and typically have like a 30-day kind of try it and then run in them and return them if it doesn't work for you sort of thing. And so I think if you're consistently feeling pins and needles, I think that it's definitely probably just time for a different shoe, but sometimes it genuinely just takes time to break in shoes. And so if that's the case, I'd say kind of just work through it, but really just try and assess how you're feeling because if it's drastically affecting how you're running and if it's like causing you pain while you're running, I'd say that that's definitely a major red flag in getting new running shoes and it might be time to get a different shoe. 
All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As always, I have a link in my show notes to my fundraiser with Alzheimer's Society. I am running with them in the Paris and Berlin Marathon this year, so I would love if you check them out. Otherwise, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it really does help out the podcast and check out the podcast on the different social media links and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.